we going? We're good to go. Great. Hey, everyone. I'm Adam Renshaw here for our regular weekly episode of the one in five. I'm with Abel Baker. Hello, everyone. And Dr. David Mark is joining us again in the studio. Hi. Welcome, Dave. Um, Dr. Mark. Uh, We're doing something a little different here today. As we are recording our podcast episode, we are currently on Facebook Live. Is that correct, Abel? Yeah, we're on Facebook Live. We just had some. We just had your wife join oh, us. Oh, Jen joined. Hey, Jen, <laughs> welcome. So, this hey is guys, new. she says, yeah, that's really sweet. Okay, so so we're on Facebook Live as we're recording our podcast, trying something new. And the reason why we're doing this is because of the novel coronavirus. We're here, again, I know we've, we've touched on this in a couple of past podcasts, uh, but we're here again because information keeps coming out and things keep coming up when it comes to this uh, COVID-19 uh, that has reached the continental United States. So we're here with Dr. David Mark to address some of these issues. Abel? Yeah, we've even got some interactive polls. I think I have three of them um, online. At the end, I'd love to take a look at what those, what, how you respond, how our listeners respond. So throughout this program, I will remind folks of those polls so we can get a sense of how to make this better. I just want to say that your feedback um, helps us to help you, um, the listeners, and now the watchers. Um, and, and I wanted to say thank you to Dr. Mark for being willing, um, to get on here and provide a resource that will help us kind of cut through and, and squelch out some of the talk maybe that we don't, it is not helping us out a lot. So we're going to be coming into four topics, uh, Dr. Mark, that we want to talk with you about, um, and, you know, if anybody asks or, or interacts online with us, I think what would be ideal is if we could save the Q&A for closer to the end or um, we just, this is new for us, so we want to see how it works. I keep pointing and looking over to the screen because we have the screen up and we can see you, we can see your comments. So as you comment, we would like to be able to interact with those, perhaps not at like the exact time. Right. But um, we'll be able to scroll through that. That's correct. Uh, so if you leave a question, we'll be able to scroll up and down through this, even if it is in the past. So. That's right. That's right. And I do want to remind everybody that this is a one in five. You can also email us at the one in five podcast at iCloud.com. Now that's the number one, I N number five podcast. And the reason why that's important is we want to be able to know what you're thinking. If you like it, um, we love it. So we're also going to be introducing in our next couple podcasts, letters from people that don't exist that, um, say great things. We might even have one of those at the end of the show, depending on how things go. Um, we We could do that. Yeah, let's do that. Um, and you'll, you'll probably enjoy those. So Adam, 
I believe what we had is, is that you would bring us into the first topic here sure. for Dr. Mark. Let me just give an overview real quick. I know this format's a little different. So we had really four main things that we wanted to talk about. Uh, Dr. Mark introduced a fifth, and that was talking about where Tom Brady's going to go in the offseason. Is he going to end up with the Patriots again or possibly the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? But we're probably going to have to table that one, Dr. Mark, this time. Uh, Maybe we can bring it in. Could you say Tom Brady again? Tom Brady. Face slap. (laughs) I've been wanting to use that button. Okay. (laughs) Nice, nice. Um, So we'll probably table the Tom Brady talk uh, for this time, Dr. Mark, but we'll get to it. I I know we'll get to it. I promise you. Maybe not on air. but um, So the four topics that we're going to discuss today, we're going to talk about mode of transmission. Okay, that's a big one. Uh, We're going to talk about hand sanitizer or proper hand sanitization. I know. Sounds really interesting. Bear with us. It will be, I promise. Um, We're going to talk about masks today. Who needs them? You know, we all wear masks. Not. Not, Okay, Mm -mm. we're not. And we're going to talk about who do we trust when it comes to information. Some of this stuff we've already actually talked about and discussed, uh, but we're going to get a little more depth this time hey, into some of these subjects. Before we start, you shared a meme um, with me that that made me chuckle. Can you? Can you? Do you have that meme on you? Because I think I it'd do. be fun if you held it up in front of the camera or something. Can I do that? But uh, Doctor Mark, this is this is, and I'm sure you're experiencing these things too, watching the news and hearing all kinds of things. But we're oh, yeah. getting like inundated with false information at home. And, and I love this. Can you show the camera that? Sure. I'll, I'll show Dave real quick. Uh, <laughs> and then we'll show the, the, the people at home here on the camera. I don't know if you can see this. If I'm you gonna, hold it close, they I'm should move be my able mic to. out of the way. Just a second. There we go. Oh, you're, you're so close. I'll just pull it back. I'll tell you what it says. It says, people who drank Boone's Farm as teenagers are immune to the coronavirus. Is this true? And and that's according to Facebook Medical. So that's one of the things that we'll discuss when we get to the who do we trust portion of this. And uh, Dr. Mark has some really good resources for us. So, Abel, do you want to Take us into our first topic. Yeah. um, Topic one, Dr. Mark, um, can you help us understand something called the mode of transmission? Um, I know there's several modes, but but, um, how can understanding, maybe you could help us understand that, and then how understanding that can actually help maybe help us with certain kinds of fears that we have about this virus? Yeah, sure. It's a great, it's a great question, <clears throat> and I think that the more that we can just sort of understand uh, the facts about what's happening, the the better we will be at knowing how we should respond, and the the better we will be at not getting panicked, not getting too anxious, um, but getting appropriately concerned and feeling empowered by doing things that, that actually will be meaningful. So this, this virus, um, and again, the, for those who are interested in these details, the actual name of the virus is the, the SARS-CoV-2 um, 
this novel coronavirus, and um, and it causes uh, a disease that we call COVID nineteen, which is just an acronym for the coronavirus disease. Okay, which came from in twenty nineteen was when it emerged, right? So, so this novel coronavirus um, emerged first in in China in Wuhan province, and the the theory or the thinking is that it it, it emerged from in one of these open air markets and somehow jumped from animals to humans and was somehow transmitted from, from some combination of these, these animals in this market to a susceptible human being where it began to, to live and replicate and then transmit. And, and now there are, there is transmission, transmission happening between people. So, um, so the virus will go from one infected person to another. And, the mode of transmission is um, is just the how we describe how does that happen? How does it go from one person to another? And it it it's clear that that when a an infected person is in the presence of somebody else for you know for you know meaningful amounts of time, which we don't know exactly, but it's not just casual sort of pass by in the street. But it's it's actual proximity, uh, close to somebody, um, where there's the ability to share, um, or for for someone, a non-infected person, to come in contact with droplets. Um, okay. That that go from the infected person into the non-infected person. It's through this droplet transmission, where the virus goes from one person to another, and what that means is that you know um, someone with the infection coughs or sneezes, and those little particles. Uh, go either directly <clears throat> to a, to another person or go on to a surface, uh, a, you know, a, a doorknob or a water fountain or a toothbrush or, you know, some other thing that then comes in contact with, with another person who gets it on their hands. Okay. Inevitably, we, you know, we often... And then hands go to... Yeah, we touch our face, we scratch our eyes, we scratch our nose, and then those particles get into our nasal cavity, into our mouths, and then from there into our lungs. The, the concerning <clears throat> uh, the site of action of this virus, where it, where it does its damage, is in the lungs. That's where okay. it starts to replicate and it causes you know, damage to the insides of the lungs and then fluids leak into where there should be air and then suddenly you can't breathe and it's, it goes from a pneumonia to this thing called acute respiratory distress syndrome. <clears throat> and that's where people will, will actually die from an infection from this virus. Okay. Okay. Can you, real quick, so you explained that this is transmitted through droplets, so that's the mode of transmission. Yeah. Can you explain, uh, I think there's been a fear that we've come in contact with uh, from people who think that this is airborne. It just, you walk into some certain airspace and then all of a sudden... You breathe in, yeah. and you're breathing in the coronavirus. The CDC even says six feet, you know, there's, is a, so the confusion is what's the difference between airborne exactly. and drop? Thank you. Can Able. you help us understand? Yeah, and, and it's a great question. And <clears throat> to a certain extent, it's, you know, it's kind of, kind of similar stuff, but when, when we, when we talk about droplet transmission, it's, <clears throat> it's actual droplets of, of liquid, you know, you know, mucus, um, stuff that we cough, stuff that we, you know, when we sneeze or blow our nose, <clears throat> those droplets are what the virus is transmitted in. So it's not okay. floating in a cloud of okay. the air. It, um, 
And and that's important because it's not like walking into a room where uh, there had been someone with the infection and I walk into the room and I suddenly breathe it in. That's not how this is okay. transmitted. Okay. However, if I go into the room and I, and I touch a surface where there was a droplet or I grab a doorknob or, or somehow come in contact with, with, with the droplets that have the virus in it, then it can transmit to me. Okay. The six feet rule comes because most droplets don't go more than six feet from one person to another. Mm-hmm. And so, okay. so it's reasonable, you know, if you're staying six feet away from somebody who has a virus, it's the likelihood of there being droplet transmission is, is markedly lowered. Okay. Yeah. So there could be like a sneeze right. and <clears throat> you just happen to come into, into the, the, the way of that yeah. know, pulse of snot and yeah. whatever yeah, yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, could, you could intercept that, that viral, viral particle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that helps. Yeah. And, um, you know, we can... And it's, it, another point is that those, those droplets can live on a surface. They can survive on a surface for, for hours, for probably okay. 12 so to 24 hours. That begs another question, I guess. What, is there anything we can do uh, to surfaces that were around in order to maybe – is there anything that kills this thing? Absolutely, yeah. Oh. It t- turns out, you know, thankfully it's not, it's not super hardy. You know, it's um, – <clears throat> and, and, and in terms of like uh, – yeah, right. So alcohol-based cleaners will, will kill this virus. Okay. Bleach will kill this Bleach. virus. You know, regular, um, you know, Lysol and, and the usual cleaning products will kill this virus. Soap and water will kill this virus. So it's not extra hardy. It's not, doesn't have super long, long life powers. Okay. I, importantly, too, it's in terms of like how infectious is this virus, it's, uh, it's infectious. It's, you know, we're seeing it spread pretty readily between people. Um, and uh, but it's not as infectious as um, something like measles. When people okay. have measles, they're really infected. Okay. And um, and you can measure sort of the how infectious a, a viral illness is, and they have different numbers and, and scales. And you know if, if a measles is is really super infectious, like if you come in contact with someone with measles, you're really likely to get it if you've not been immunized. With this virus, it's it's. It's medium infectious. Okay. It's probably as infectious as influenza, as the flu. Um, okay. So it's, um, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty infectious. So it's mode. If, if people are concerned, um, and we won't, we'll get to the masks a little later. Sure. The number one prevention, and I know we're even going to talk about this in a bit, is hand then. Absolutely. Right? Your hand. So in our... In our congregation, we're trying to give fists, you know, pounds rather than handshakes. And hugs. Um, yeah, and hugs. But if you're next to somebody and they're just breathing, and it, that's not, ne- they're not necessarily going to, like, r- respirate it. I mean, is it essentially something that they would need to sneeze? That's where the likelihood goes up, probably. Yep. Unless they're okay. breathing spit, right? Yeah, yeah, that's or what I was mouth. thinking. Okay. Like, you... I sneeze at them. We're in a tight space. Like, let's say on Sunday morning and somebody doesn't cover well, their Let's arm. say right here in this room. Yeah. Yeah. Right in this room. And, and, um, it's not necessarily the act of me just breathing. Mm-hmm. It's the wind. There's a projectile. Okay. I mean, and I hate to, hate to say, I know that's gross. This is a kid's show, but, um, <laughs> and it's an adult show too. So, so, so essentially over and over again, I keep hearing, wash your hands, wash your hands. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and it's, and that's important because it's, again, the site of, 
of big-time infection and replication of the virus is inside the pump, the, the lungs, okay. the windpipes, the nose, the mouth. And so the, the fluids that are generated in those places are what actively are transmitting the virus to the best of our knowledge. So it's not, you know, sweat is not going to do it. Other bodily fluids are okay. not going to do it. Um, oh, that's good to know. <clears throat> yeah. Um, however, you know, it, we often have... Um, remnants of the viral particles on our hands, which is why, again, the hands are a big, okay. big source. And this is of a great segue to into our next uh, sort of topic that we wanted to talk about. But before we do that, it looks like we have had some other people join since we've started and are currently watching on Facebook Live right now. And we just wanted to remind you that if you do have a question, you can feel free to type it in the comments um, as you see us look over here sort of in this area right now. Uh, we can see who's on and uh, what questions you guys type in. And if you do, yeah, you, can, you just gave us a bunch of thumbs up and yeah, smiley faces too. So it, thank yeah. you. <laughs> but if you do have a question, please just write it in the comments and then we'll be able to get to that at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, but Dave, going into uh, this hand washing thing, uh, we were in a meeting earlier today and some really great information came out. Uh, Abel and I, we're both on the wrong track with this. Uh, and so hand washing, it's not just a real, uh, and then wipe and you're done. Right. And same with even the applying of hand sanitizer. That was can the one you, that got me. Yeah, yeah. Can you give us, uh, some, some detail on how to do this in a correct way, in a way that's going to be this more is what effective. I, so what I usually do. Okay. In our home, we just like, we just put it on and then we wipe and just like crazy, you know, we wipe it. And then sometimes I'm even like wipe my hands a little. On your pants? On my pants. <laughs> and I found out today that that's not necessarily how to do that. Um, yeah, sure. You know, the, um, <clears throat> the goal with, yeah, so hand washing and hand sanitizing is highly effective. It's, it's, it's the number one sort of intervention that we can all do. Um, the, the, here are a couple of rules of thumb, right? If you're going to apply, you know, an alcohol-based hand sanitizer is a great, a great tool for, for this activity. And, yeah, you want to get the hand sanitizer all over your hands. Okay. Vigorously rub them, you know. Okay. Because it turns out that mechanical rubbing helps get rid of this virus. And then let them air dry. Mechanical rubbing helps get rid of the virus. Okay. Yeah. So how can you explain what would somebody be doing that wouldn't, that wouldn't be quite as mechanical rubbing. It would just be just dabbing, but you're saying the actual process of yeah, rubbing on <clears throat> Right. And, and, and whether it's the actual, you know, the motion or if it's just that that's going to ensure that you get uniform application of okay. sanitizer all over, okay. it's probably a little bit of both. But, um, but when, you know, when they study like uh, medical students who are scrubbing in yeah. surgery, they, they, they find that, yeah, that the actual use of these little brushes and the rubbing really helps clean the hands. Okay. Because it, 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 it disrupts them and, you know, can open them up and kill, you know, kill particles and stuff. So it's, it's probably a combination of both the mechanics and the, the, the chemical itself. And letting this dry on your hands. Like and then literally, you let your hands air dry, yeah. Before, that was where don't, I haven't Don't wipe them on your pants. Don't I mean, it seems like, so, so I'm like, <laughs> in my head, I'm imagining like germ Armageddon, right? And I'm yeah. like, as soon as I put it on, they're all dead. 
I'm like, okay, you guys are dead. We're going to wipe it's my like pants. It's like dropping a, no, a nuke like, bomb on the yeah. germs just by pouring the... That's what I was that's thinking. That's what you were thinking. And then, you know what? And my, it turns out they're you really hard fighting little characters. You have to do battle with yes. Mabel. We did have an illustration, though. Oh, that's right. What, uh, for hand washing, what was the time? Right. So hand washing, you know, so soap and water is as effective as hand sanitizer, um, regular soap, nice warm water. But, <clears throat> but again, you have to sort of make sure you cover all your hands, lather it up real okay. well. And the, the rule of thumb is, is you, you, you want to be washing your hands for 20 seconds. Oh, 20 seconds. 20 seconds. Okay. Then, then dry them. How long is 20 seconds? You know, it turns out that if you, if you sing to yourself or out loud, if you prefer, happy birthday. Do we have a recording? No, I, I want to say something here. You actually need to kind of jazz it up a little. You can't be like, happy birthday to you. You're right. That, you okay? can't just so go boom, boom, boom. We had Adam test this. And this is, this is, this Adam? is I mean, this is not Adam. This okay, is, thank we, you. we hired somebody. To come in the studio. Okay, here we go. This is this is somebody that I said sounds like Adam. Happy birthday to you. Kind of a Robert Goulet feel. Happy birthday to you. I'm timing it right now. From Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, it is. Happy birthday to you. Nice. Happy birthday to you. That was 20 seconds right there. So you got, you do, you kind of got to jazz it up a little so bit. So I was thinking, just bust through it. another way you could also, if, you know, if I say it, my phone will do it, but you can say, Hey, blank set timer for 20 seconds. You could do happy birthday. Plexus. Yeah. There you go. You can say that. So, so thinking about that more it, with your kids as a family, making it fun, but trying to get them to think 20 seconds is an important. It is. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, I've heard it said that, you know. Baby shark. Do, 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 do. Oh, gosh. Get, you get, know. get all the way up to daddy shark. <laughs> okay, now I get to use this button. Face slap. <laughs> <laughs> that song is so stuck in my head. I know. Don't say it. Okay. Well, it looks but like it, we have a works. comment here that says, it looks like if you sing I'm a little teapot, that's mm -hmm. about 20 seconds. Okay. Two. Is it really? I'm that's a good. little Do you want to sing it and try? I can time you. I'm a little teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle, here is my spout. When I get all steamed up, hear me shout. Is that right? Tip I don't know, but go me ahead. over and pour me out. Wow, that was just that about right perfect. 20 yeah. seconds, maybe about 18 to 19. Interesting. Yeah, thank you for the feedback there, Jennifer. And that works with kids. I think that's the important thing is sit, just work with your kids and talk to them about this. Um, I need it though. And I know if I tell my kids, they'll be like, Hey dad, put your seatbelt on and make sure you sing your songs. So thank you for that. Yeah. Do you want to, is it, is it time for the next one? Pop us into the next subject here. Yeah. And I do want to remind you guys to interact with the poll. Also, you can share right now this conversation that we're having. You can share it with a friend and then they can join. This conversation on Facebook Live is also going to be saved for time immemorial. Um, you, you will be, you'll be able to access this at any time. So if you found this to be helpful, please send it to somebody. Again, we're doing this uh, because we think 
after Adam and I sitting down with these professionals and, and our job and heart's desire is to spread um, information like a virus in regards to healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to just essentially saturate our community. And um, I, I'm, I see we have so many people on right now. We would love it if you would share it. Um, again, we're halfway through our topics. Topic three, Dr. Mark, um, we talked about, well, we're, are we already on? We just talked about hand sanitation techniques, applying it correctly. Are we on four? No, we're on masks, bud. We didn't really get to um, We jumped. To okay, so yeah. I'm throwing off. Um, so this is one for us that was big, and I want to share uh, with our listeners kind of a funny story. In our home, we're hearing about this. And there's all kinds of sources and everybody's saying, you need to get masks, you need to get masks. And I have a feeling that like the same dude that held out and kept the record making machine, who's making a ton of money right now, somebody had to have bought a ton of masks and then waited. And now they're selling them. I don't know, but I was showing my wife three websites that said, um, do not make a run on masks. You don't need masks. And while they're trying to prove their point from the CDC, um, an advertisement pops up. In the article that says, don't buy masks, an advertisement pops up, not once, but twice, all the way down, here's where you can buy masks. So my, my question kind of is, who should get a face mask? Why should they get a face mask? And what type, and should we all get face masks? Great question. So the, when you think about the mode of transmission, it sort of makes sense who should be wearing masks, right? If, if we transmit the virus by projecting particles from our respiratory tract, nose and mouth in particular, to somebody else, um, you're going to have, it's going to be useful to block the projection, right? So if you're sick it makes sense to cover up your nose and your mouth mm-hmm. because you're not going to be projecting those particles um, to somebody else. If you're on the receiving end, so if you're healthy, you're, the likelihood of you're getting a viral particle from someone else on your nose or on your mouth is, is pretty low, right? It's mm-hmm. much more likely that those particles are going to go onto the surfaces or onto, and then get on your hands. And so, it'll come from your hands. It's yeah. going to come from your okay. hands. So for people who are sick, wearing a, wearing a mask is, is a... It's nice. It's very. It's a useful thing to do because you're likely to to just decrease the transmission of the virus. That's why when you present to a hospital or to a clinic when you are sick, you will often be given a mask in the waiting yeah, room or before yeah. you even get to the waiting room, and that's to to try to reduce your transmission of the virus to other people. Okay. Um, so in that vein, the the type of mask <clears throat> that will prevent your spreading the virus to other people is a lot less important. And so you've heard things about this N95 mask. For, for a healthcare provider, that's really important to have. And so, um, so there is advice in, in that's circulating, which is don't, don't, don't go buy up all the N95 masks. The, the healthcare, healthcare providers need those because those have a very specific role in delivery of medical care in the inpatient uh, okay. setting and in the emergency room setting. It's not needed by anybody else. So if you're sick... And you want to wear a mask out of out of consideration of those around you, you know, just a regular surgical mask, a bandana. Okay. You, know, you could do a homemade mask. That's perfectly adequate. Um, so, 
so your 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 article about don't go buying masks is is actually very good advice. If you're if you're if you're sick and at home and self quarantine, so you're keeping yourself, uh, you know, in your room or at home or a place mm-hmm. where you're not going to be, you know, sneezing on lots of people. That's more effective than a mask, and a lot more comfortable. Okay, so the idea then is if you have it, you're you're st- trying to stop your little projectiles, your droplets, droplets. from yeah. floating around in the atmosphere, and um, those are the folks that that would need the mask. On the other hand, I'm thinking if if somebody has a mask on from everything you've told me and somebody sneezes and let's say the mask doesn't cover here and, and they get droplets here on their cheek, then they could have a mask on and then wipe their cheek later on. And the mask hasn't really even helped at all because they've, they've smeared it all over their hand. Um, so, so really that mode of trans transmission again, but the, the, the other thing is to, to be, is it is it is it real that this could actually take away from our clinic's ability or hospitals to get these masks? I mean, that's what I'm. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's real a real issue. That's a real concern in wow. that um, you know the supply chain is what we call it. This this where we get stuff. You know, Amazon doesn't grow things; they send things, right? So we get stuff through these supply centers, okay. and a lot of that comes from places, you know, from China, from parts of the world where there, a lot of people are not going to work anymore. And so, this there, there aren't a whole lot of new masks being made at this particular point in time. Okay. So what we're doing is we're we're emptying the shelves, and then the shelves aren't being filled up by the manufacturers. Okay. So this concern of 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 healthcare entities facing shortages is actually a real concern. And we just had a nurse say yes with an exclamation mark, um, <laughs> which ultimately then helps the virus spread more because we don't have the appropriate. I mean, it, it hurts us even worse because now we could get a nurse who gets sick or a doctor who gets sick and we've right, lost right. a healer. So, well, right. I want to add on to that. Uh, so let's say someone doesn't, someone who's sick doesn't have access to a mask. Uh, best practices for coughing or sneezing? Great question. Yeah, so you've heard of the CDC elbow sneeze, right? You got it. It looks like a dab. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's more effective than your hands. What about what about having tissue with you and sneezing into the tissue and then being able to discard the tissue? Yeah, yeah, that's reasonable. But then recall that you're then you know, sure. sanitizing it's hands. hands yeah, and then this way you don't have to do the hand sanitize things. You could just go rub it on. Yeah, so and no headlocks. <laughs> no, yeah, no headlocks. After good, that. good. That's good to know. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, you got it uh, for that. So, are we moving into yeah. the next piece here? Yeah. Okay. So, so we've talked about mode of transmission. We've talked about hand sanitization. We've talked about masks. The last thing we wanted to talk to you here about, uh, uh, Dr. Mark, is who do we trust when it comes to information, when it comes to sources of information? Um, At the beginning of the episode, we had uh, a pretty funny little meme that we tried to show the camera over here, and that was uh, uh, just a little funny thing that was put on Facebook. It said, what did it say? Those who drank Boone's Farm as a teenager are immune to the coronavirus, according to Facebook Medical. So, and 
we know that that was actually in jest. It wasn't, at least I don't think it was meant to be taken seriously. And it was funny. Uh, But we also know that there is some misinformation uh, that's out there. So if you could lead us, this is something that we have talked about and actually talked about on the podcast. If you could lead us towards some of those reputable sources, that would be very beneficial for some of our listeners. Yeah, sure. That, and it's it's actually there's it can be pretty simple. I would I would encourage everybody who has questions, who wants more information, who's interested in in following and tracking sort of the how this um, outbreak you know continues and progresses and then resolves hopefully soon, eventually. Um, if you go to, I would, I would suggest two primary sources to search uh, for useful, trustworthy, reputable information. The first is your local, um, your local public health department. They are going to be receiving information from the state Department of Public Health and Human Services. Um, Montana's DPHHS is what it's called. Will, it serves as a really useful conduit of information down to our local public health staff, our department. Each county has a public health department staffed by incredibly um, knowledgeable, um, dedicated, uh, engaged people who can be, that, that can be, if you know them personally, just, you know, email them, call them, seek them out. They are your really trusted, you know, accurate source of, of information that's really, that's, that's the local scene. And that, that's information that's specific to the community, specific to what's happening in the state of Montana. Uh, they that can speak to the particular questions about um, public events, school, work, travel, all those questions that we're going to be encountering in the days and, and weeks and months ahead. Um, a lot of their information, in fact, the majority of it, will come from the other source that I would recommend, which is the CDC, Cam- uh, the, the Center for Disease Control uh, in Atlanta, cdc.gov. Uh, they have uh, the best source of information uh, uh, for all things um, coronavirus. And uh, that's where we'll learn about testing, about prevention, about treatment, about hopefully we'll have a vaccine someday. Um, that's, that's, that's the place to go. And so DPHHS, your public health department, and the CDC, CDC can't go wrong. Okay. Can I say something on that? Yeah. Um, I want to just share with our listeners, please just consider um, – as I've talked with with some who have, um, you know, deep-seated beliefs that they can't trust government or they can't trust the CDC or, and, and I just want to say that there is a, the concern I have about that is that's when that, that's when that gets dangerous. Um, when, when you can't trust, that's an even bigger, uh, maybe mind virus, not that we don't all have those in us where I've goodness gracious. I mean, one of my favorite movies is conspiracy theory with Mel Gibson. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Mm -hmm. it, but it's fun and we entertain them. But at the same time, just really think about that. If, if we could tell you right now that there is, there are these sources that you can trust and that if you go to other sources that are questionable, they, in this scenario, it could hurt you. It can be even more hurtful if your your belief that uh, the C- Center for Disease Control is is um, not telling you the truth. Um, it can hurt. It can hurt you. It can hurt other people around you in 
insignificant ways as well. Maybe it's an even bigger um, virus in a way. Um, and I just want to encourage you to continue to to go to the to go there and look, and then look for websites that show their sources. And and um, do you have an example of a a website that you have seen? Um, or a place that you've been to, I know you've talked about Johns Hopkins, where it seems like there is a really faithful interaction with the CDC and you can see like the source connection there, that it's not like an article from Facebook Medical 80s, the 80s from the CDC. Any, any? Yeah. And, and that's a great example. If you're, if you're at all interested in, in seeing the, the, the data that shows the, the, the spread of this virus, Worldwide, so where you can see the the number of confirmed cases, the number of cases that have resolved, the number of deaths from the virus, and where those are located, um, the the Johns Hopkins University has has a fabulous tool. Uh, and if you just Google Johns Hopkins coronavirus map, I have it right here. You I'm can see it. Put it in the comments here, okay? Uh, yeah, and importantly, that lists the sources, the primary sources. Um, and they're from reputable medical, peer-reviewed medical journals like The Lancet and, um, and other really important journals. So knowing where the information comes from with real transparent um, disclosure of sources and methods yeah. can really uh, ensure that, yeah, this is, this is the best information we have. Now, I mean, at, at a time like this, it is important for me to know where can I go where it's not somebody who just has a really great-looking website. Right. But but really good knowledge and and of their sources. We had we have some interaction. I mean, before we go to our Q and A, we do have some yeah. interaction with things that you've said. Is there anything else you'd like to say on that before we go to some kind of a question and answer? Oh, just re- reminding us again that that knowledge, good good information, is really powerful. Can help allay panic, can allay our fear, and can help us be appropriately concerned. Yeah. That's appropriately concerned. That's helpful. I just wanted to, uh, Ashley Nordbo uh, has interacted with us, and I wanted to just call her out for a second. Ashley is up at our Chinook site. And Ashley, hi. Thanks hi, for Ashley. watching. She, she did bring up here, we were talking about the masks, and she said that she ordered clinic supplies today, and they will only let her purchase two fifty count boxes of masks from our supplier. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's, a, that's one of these issues. That's a great so illustration chain of interruption. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks yeah, for thanks sharing Ashley. that, Ashley. Yeah. Now what I'd like to do is go to you. Um, do you have any questions? Have you, have you heard something that maybe we can, um, deal with maybe, maybe we can answer or, um, and do you feel like you've, you've got your knowledge on, you can either give us a thumbs up or, um, just pop something in the, in the text box there. And, and I'll start with my first question that's kind of come to my mind today. I was wondering how is it that the virus attaches? Do you know anything about that? Like, um, are, are some viruses really good at attaching to a cell or something like that? Does this one have limitations on what it attaches to? Do you know anything about that, Doctor? Well, I mean, the, the, the ways that viruses work is that they're, they're these um, little sort of 
whether they're alive or not is a, is a sort of philosophical question. But they're, they're very good. They, they can't replicate on their own. They have to attach okay. to a cell, and then they hijack the mechanisms of that cell, uh, and they like reprogram it. Like a parasite it. in a way. Well, not— but, Because a parasite's a kind of living, yeah. Yeah, but they, they actually take over the machinery of the cell and direct that cell machinery to then replicate the virus. And then they make a whole oh. bunch of copies of it, and then that cell bursts. And then all those other py- viruses go, and they attach themselves to other cells, and they hijack the, the mechanism, and they replicate. And okay. that's sort of that's that's the way. It sounds work. nasty. It just sounds nasty. It's wow. pretty, pretty clever. Yeah, pretty clever. And I've got a, a question on here, or I guess a comment that I had via email, and um, Leanne Harrison said, "Don't forget to mention." that resources should include the state of Montana, DPHHS, and you did bring that up. Okay. So I want to thank um, Leanne for, for pointing that out and the interaction. That's what makes this helpful. Um, they are directly getting guidance for the public from CDC. And so that's dphhs.mt.gov. And then you can go to public health um, disease, diseases, coronavirus. But um, thank you very much for that. Yeah, and I'm I'm watching us here to to see if we have any questions, and we currently don't. And so I was just going to ask a question. This wasn't planned or anything like that, Doctor Marks. I hope I'm not putting you on the spot with this. But my dad uh, sent me an article from the Jerusalem Post, and it, uh, the title is "Israeli Scientists: In a Few Weeks We Will Have." coronavirus vaccine. Do you know anything about this? Um, uh, what sort of timeline we might be looking at? I'm sure you have probably haven't read the article. Um, is this something that you heard? Is this reputable? Yeah, the, 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 the development of vaccine is, um, is a great question. And the, the ways vaccines, um, are developed, uh, is, um, it's really, it's pretty impressive, pretty amazing. And so the, there will be these prototype vaccines coming online pretty shortly, like within, you know, the, the, we have incredible teams of scientists globally who will get this work done very quickly. Um, and so there will be these prototype vaccines available in the short term, within a few months. Those prototypes will then need to be tested on humans and humans. Okay. And so we will not, we'll have, we should, we anticipate having commercially available vaccines for this virus in about 18 months. Okay. And that's, 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 that, that's an aggressive timeline, but that's, that's about as know. quick as, as a vaccine would come online for the general public. Cause this article made it sound like it was about 90 days away. That's and so, right. And then that's all you hear. So when you shared that today in a meeting, and I so appreciate you bringing that up, Adam, yeah. you, you had mentioned that 18 months. It's important that we know that, um, that the, the, I've got, um, emails and updates about people that are close and, and, and in, in my mind, I might think, oh my goodness, maybe, you know, we'll have access to this tomorrow, but there is that realistic, uh, latency yeah. and, um, where they have to, you know, develop it for everybody and get it, get it ready. Um, but it is exciting when that comes out because I'm sure they're going to inform us how that's, how that's going along the way. If the, if it is successful and yeah, I'm sure we'll be hearing lots about it. Okay. Okay. Well, we don't have any more questions. Um, hopefully this has been 
awesome for you. It's been helpful for me. Um, I hope that you will look uh, for reputable sources of information. I hope that this is reputable as it is a doctor in our hometown. Um, and, and I hope that in doing that, you'll feel a little bit more comfortable, like, like you can manage this, we can do this. And you know what? We are. And there's uh, some really great stories um, of the coronavirus breakout in, in Washington of people um, doing everything they can to stop it from spreading. And I, mm-hmm. I hope you notice all of the good um, that, that comes with some of the fear. Um, there are people doing everything they can that, that know about this, and they're getting results from their hard work. And so I want to say thank you to that. Thank you, doctor, for spending time with us. And um, Adam, is there anything you'd like to say as you send us out? Thank you. Thank you for listening to this special Facebook live portion version of the one in five podcast. And if you see the polls, click on them. That gives us feedback, helps us understand. And after this is all done, it'll take a minute. You can share this with whomever you would like. Okay. Thanks Uh, to all who joined. I'm just going to call them out real quick, Abel. Uh, Kristen Uffelman, Willoughby, Britt Eben, Bonnie Oxford, Crystal Erickson, Uffelman, Karen Schneider, Inez Martinez, Gail Lammers, Rosalind Bigback, and Jennifer Renshaw. Thank you for joining us on Facebook Live for this. We did it for you. Yeah. Have a rural, healthy day.